Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The best ball playoffs are getting ever closer. Josh Jacobs apparently is just going to put up 30 plus fantasy points every single week. We got league winners, we got more injuries, we got chaos, and we're two weeks away from when the money is going to be made in best ball. So we're going to talk through the league winners. Do you need them? Do you want to fade them? How are you feeling? What teams should we be excited for? What players should we be excited for heading into the best ball playoffs? How are we going to take down $2 million or a million dollars? Or, geez, can I get 50 grand, 100 grand, something? How are we going to take down some money? with or without Josh Jacobs and some of the league winners. That's what we're going to find out today. Chaos right. is the perfect word, Eric, because oh my God. as you can see, I have a different <laughs> view of my room because one of my monitors isn't working. So chaos ensued on Sunday. Chaos is ensuing here in Massachusetts. I'm sure <laughs> chaos will be going on behind you shortly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so My wife is gone. My wife is running some errands. Right now, the dogs are laying down. But um, if I probably get too excitable on the show or something, it'll send them into a... They'll, you'll see them running in circles around just behind doing, me. It looked like a music video where they're just running up and down the yes. walls. Yeah. Yes, Perfect. exactly. That, We're all excited that is, for it. Chaos is definitely the word I would use where we've reached the point now. I don't know how you feel about this. This is this is not we're, we're not going to start with Josh Jacobs because I'm so sick of talking about Josh Jacobs. We will talk about him, but we've reached this point in the season where I just need the playoffs to get here because I've become like immune to a new every new injury that happens. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had Javante and Trey Lance and. I'm definitely going to forget tons of different guys, right? But, you know, Hollywood, I have a lot of Hollywood. He's back now, obviously, but he was out for a while. Uh, Then, like this week, it's just uh, top of mind. You know, Darnell Mooney um, goes down. Cooper Cup is down, right? There's just Eli Mitchell, you know, has basically not played all, all, all season. Not that I have a bunch of him, but, you know, there's just so 
many guys going down and it, Christian McCaffrey gets traded, right? It's just been so Jamar much Chase. chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Jamar Chase hurt. Yeah. It, it has been so much chaos and it feels like, again, I think we say this every year. We probably say it every other episode. It feels more significant this year in the moment. I think it always feels more significant, but it feels more significant because it's a lot of these like really, really, really like high impact, high upside, you know, Cooper cup, Javante Williams, Jamar chase, you know, Hollywood goes down, right? Darnell Mooney, it hasn't been popping, but he's on the, the bears finally look good. And you're like, okay, you know, at least I got him alive, right? Rashad Bateman. It isn't last year. It was right. Is Derrick Henry, you know, you get these older running backs, you know, those kinds of things. It's been a strange year and I'm just ready for these next two weeks to honestly get over because I can't, I, I, I would just wonder if you and everybody else feels this way. It feels like I'm just going to keep, going down like in advance rate and stuff. Brees Hall, I'm forgetting Brees Hall. It's all of these like young, exciting players. And a lot of them were, were popping that are, that are going down. And it's like, you look at teams, man, it's, it's gross. It's pretty gross. It's pretty gross for two more weeks to like suck it up through two more weeks with some of these advancing teams. Yeah. We're looking at all these first round guys that aren't running backs going down, like you mentioned. And remember in the off season where we were like, we are so sick of getting this 10th, 11th, 12th round pick and my curiosity now you know Dan Box stole my thunder a little bit earlier I was gonna ask you of the first round players I think Kelsey is gonna end up being the highest advanced rate player mm-hmm. you know and we we were having everyone was having a discussion about advanced rates and stuff earlier but Kelsey seems like the first round smash so you did real well if you got Kelsey and the guy in first overall for points has a Kelsey Adams start. Right. So, and so now you're talking, he drafted back of the first round somewhere. He, he probably got the 12th or 11th spot. It would be my guess. Yep. Mm-hmm. And all, all you had to do to correlate for that, to start that team was I'm taking Travis Kelsey and I'm taking Devonte Adams. Cause they're both in the AFC West, which is one of the strategies we were talking about in the off season. Right. So, yeah, the, these injuries are impactful, and we have to remember that it's a significant part of best ball and fantasy football going forward. It's got to be like the this is the hardest part as we spend all summer talking about projecting the players right and and just you know honing in on the players we want to target for ten million different reasons. Right. You talked mm-hmm. about the AFC West. We like the Raiders. We like the Broncos. Womp womp. We, you know, we had all like right the, the 49ers. Oh my God. And the 49ers only got better. It was like I was so excited about the 49ers. And then they add freaking Christian McCaffrey, but I don't get to reap the rewards because Trey Lance broke his leg or broke his ankle early, early in the season. We talk about all these things. Some we're right about, some we're not right about. And then it comes down to when you get to week 15, 16, 17. Did your guys get hurt? You know, and like sometimes it's not even like Hollywood. The Hollywood thing hurt me because I have a, I have a lot of Hollywood, a little more on DraftKings, but I have a lot of I have a lot of him. And it was, you know, without Nuke, it was like, oh, my God, this is everything I dreamed of. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he takes a hit when when Nuke comes back, but he gets hurt <laughs> when when right when Nuke goes down, he miss, basically misses his six, six weeks, five weeks and comes back and, uh, you know, looks great. But it's like, 
I lost so much ground during those five weeks. It's just another example of, you know, even when you don't, even when it's not Trey Lance or Javante Williams or Darnell Mooney or Cooper Cup or whatever that go down for the whole season, the injuries, it's everything, you know, and that's the one thing we can't, like, we know that they're going to happen, but it's not like you can sit here, sit here and say, or at least no one worth their salt should be sitting here and saying like, oh yeah, I'm predicting this particular injury to happen. Like even with the Derrick Henry thing last year, you know, I wasn't drafting Derrick Henry last year. It looked really bad for a long time. It wasn't an injury prediction. It was that weighs into, you know, an old running back with that much volume or whatever. It does increase his injury likelihood, right? And so you're n- you're never predicting these things, but they right. do ultimately, you know, we have to acknowledge that they 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 swing everything. You know, Josh Jacobs, there's a there's a what a ten percent or I don't know what the injury rates are, ten to fifteen percent, you know, probability outcome that Josh Jacobs was the one who got hurt and not Javante or whatever. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. who knows? Well, you know that alternate universe, what happens there? But it didn't, you know. And that's it's one big slate, and guys get hurt, and it is what it is. But uh, I'm so I'm so ready to get to those playoffs because the Josh Jacobs of the world. The guys who are doing well and healthy, it's like God. They're you're, you're lapping the field by this point in the season because everybody else you have misses, and then you have, and you have injured guys. It's like half the half the teams in your league maybe an exaggeration. Let's call it a third of the teams in your league are completely stone dead by now, and then you just keep piling on points with your eighth round pick that's scoring thirty points. It's like you're just lapping the field with those league winners by this point in time, largely because of all those injuries. I also think that we can look to to tie all of this up into like one gigantic example. Well, I guess it's three examples. If you look at the first round top three wide receivers drafted, right? It's Cup, it's Jefferson, and it's Chase. So to your point, if you drafted Cup, your teams are probably stone dead right now because of the injuries. But let's go to Jamar Chase, who... You drafted him. He's injured. He's going to come back. And it's looking like from every report that I'm reading, he'll be 100% mm-hmm. either over the first or second week that he comes back. Your Jamar Chase advanced teams are going to be under relative to the field, right? Because you're losing so much value with that first round pick. But if you got, if you're getting Jamar Chase teams through now, like you're pumped if you get some of those in the playoffs because. His ownership should probably be down. I don't have the numbers of this, but just based on relative stats, right? Like he's he's going to be an underweight guy in the playoffs. So you get a Jamar Chase team through. So if you were doing what I was doing with Jamar Chase, I'm probably going to have more Jamar Chase teams through than the average person, which I'm excited about. So my advance rate will be lower. My advance rate will probably be lower, but I'll have more Jamar Chase teams. And then you take Justin Jefferson, who has just been absolutely a smash for the most of the year, right? You're probably getting a decent amount of Justin Jefferson teams through, but so is everybody. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's nothing wrong with having Justin Jefferson, but your likelihood of being, you know, different with him is going to be a lot less. Whereas, you know, the chase teams are going to get through and the cup teams are dead. So it shows you all three. It shows you the risk reward of every single player that you draft in that first round, right? It's dead Mm -hmm. teams, teams that you're going to be a little bit more unique with, and then teams that you're going to get a higher advance rate with everybody else. So that's, I I love that thought experiment because, well, love is maybe not the correct word. It it's fascinating to talk through kind of exactly like what you just said, because 
we can't plan for this. We don't know the results when we draft, right? You never mm-hmm. set out to draft someone that's going to have a lower advance rate. Nope. You never set out to draft someone that's going to have a subpar season and say, please, God, you know, let me just sneak you into week 17. <laughs> and, you know, that's right. when you'll go off. But all, that, that's also because generally speaking, now Jamar Chase is not, I'm not, he's not an example of this, but if you have a port, right, if you, you drafted Allen Robinson and you sneak him into week 17, who gives a shit? You could be the only person with Allen Robinson. It doesn't matter. He's not going to break, you know, he just doesn't have it in his range at that point to, you know, him and Brandon cooks are the guys I keep thinking of. It's like, I do kind of feel that way about Gabe Davis. You know, he's like my fourth or fifth round version of, of that thought experiment. It's like, has he been great? No. Has he been awful? No, he definitely hasn't been awful. I mean, he provided, you know, one, one of the biggest weeks of the entire season as a wide receiver and then enough else. Right. And just being out there and score, even when he scores like seven points, you're like, I mean, it's better than, him not being out there, I might use him in the flex or the wide receiver three or something like that. Those guys, Chase and Gabe and those types, MVS, another one, these high upside guys, and you can argue whatever you want about um, high upside and stuff. The exact, you know, uh, a Travis Etienne might might get there if he, you know, doesn't kind of start picking it up a little bit. He was not amazing to start, really smashed for a little while, has kind of disappeared here a little bit. And then he has Houston in week 17. So, you and know, Darryl he's Henderson's a guy going to go off for two touchdowns and yeah, 130 exactly. yards. Hey, we know hey, how this Darryl goes. Henderson's my highest on running back. So this is <laughs> maybe I'm, maybe I'm subconsciously wishing this into existence, but um, it's like Henderson was another guy that uh, the Rams were all that way where it was like, <laughs> even if I get him to the fight now, maybe right. Something happens. ETN goes down or something, but it's like when he was on the Rams, I was like, I, <laughs> I mean, does it matter if I get Henderson? Like, oh, great. His ceiling is 12 points. Like, I'm not going to win $2 million with him anyway. But that thought experiment is fascinating because we know that's the game, right? Mm-hmm. The game is to not ha- – I don't want to have – last year, you didn't want to have, even though they projected the best, you didn't want to have Cooper Cup and JT and Mark Andrews and Debo, right? And you didn't want to have – the exact same crossover as right. the whole field. Mark Andrews was almost 70% owned in the, in the BBM two final the cup. And these guys had 50% advance rates and they just kept doing well. And then you, you factor in the crossover of like a oh, penny was actually pretty highly owned because even though his advance rate wasn't great, he smashed so hard in the playoffs. Those teams just killed everybody. Same with Amon Ra. These guys were like 25%. Devante was popular, right? There was so much overlap. And so, you you want to avoid that, but like you still want Josh Jacobs on your right. If if yeah. you can have hundred percent Josh Jacobs, you want it because he's going to get you there. But then you want to have the alternative pieces around him. That's like, yeah, I I would rather have Jamar Chase in Week Seventeen than Justin Jefferson. If Justin Jefferson's twenty five percent and Jamar Chase is five percent, I want Jamar Chase mm-hmm. every single time. But you, it's not like you can right. It's not DFS. I don't get to pick. I, no, I, you know, you don't. I, I don't get to do those things. So uh, it's fascinating. But that's why you have to pick before the season. Like if you make a stand on a guy, then you're more likely. I mean, still, it's tough as hell to get to the finals, right? You just you just want a team to get there. But to, to your point, if you're Travis Kelsey or Josh Jacobs teams, you're super excited. They advanced. Right. But then. It's sort of like you have a lot of Eskimo brothers that advanced as well. <laughs> yeah. All of yes. you hooked up with Travis Kelsey and Josh Jacobs. <laughs> you all got laid. But guess what? Now I'm coming in there with the hotter girl, Jamar Chase, and you're a little you're a little jealous. 
Yeah, the new girl, right? You you all hooked up with the <laughs> you know the cheerleader. Yep. And uh, you know she's 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 a nice gal. You know everybody likes her or whatever. But the new girl moved into town at the end of the season, and now you know somebody else is bringing her to the homecoming dance. Right. And you're like, damn it, I I you know. 17 year old dumb shit boy i would like to I, the new girl seems pretty interesting to me you know and that's jamar chase right that's that's uh it, it could even be like jt you know jt out here i'm not sure he has the ceiling totally but i mean how many running backs are getting all the work in their backfield it's like that's if you fine. have that if, if you have that now it's really valuable. You know james connor could be valuable be, even though you know he's not a super exciting individual player if he's if he's getting 100% of the snaps in week 17 and you get him there it's like that's impactful right and Londa, i would just say that she sounds like a very nice girl is what i would say <laughs> i mean i guess it's it's your perspective right <laughs> um so yeah it's i think it also goes to show that one of the big conversations we're going to have in the off season again is structure which you know like everyone might roll their eyes but this year particularly shows that not just drafting within structure, but drafting the right players within structure are going to help you advance your teams. So there was a way to get JT teams through, right? And there were ways to get your Jamar Chase teams through. And there were ways not to get your Stefan Diggs teams through. My highest scoring team, I mean, my lowest scoring team, I shared it on Twitter earlier today. It it hasn't cracked a thousand points, right? (laughs) And Stefan Diggs is on that team, and it's like, what a waste. What a waste of Stefan Diggs to uh, to have a guy on a team that he's literally about worth 25% of the points on this team. That's how stone dead this team is. It's like a Broncos <laughs> onslaught with Trey Lance as the second quarterback. It's, it's bad stuff. So, yeah, like in order to – have these league smashers christian watson we brought him up like a week or two ago we were like what if he's the guy you need and i'm really starting to think that watson might be the guy you need <laughs> might be and i don't he care who be. the quarterback is because he did it with love the other night so and that goes back to like a type of player that we like generally that we all got scared off of because of a bunch of different things but i mean the romeo dubs was the biggest thing we were like oh Romeo's the guy that they're looking at in Green Bay, but they drafted Christian Watson ahead of him. He's probably a better player. It doesn't always pan out that way, but maybe we just bet on the talent going forward. I, 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 I totally, I totally agree. Um, Christian Watson was definitely, as you see, I pulled up my Christian Watson teams here. We're just going to, we can just use all my shitty teams as examples as we talk through some of these guys, because some of it will be decent data points. I don't know the answers to all, like you were like, uh, you know, X player and obviously these are just my teams. So the advantage, I'm just going to go to BBM just because it's a little bit easier filter out some of the, you know, like my highest scoring team is of course a big board team that I drafted on February 19th, Yeah, <laughs> February 19th, you know, that was like 12th round miles Sanders and like, you know, uh, just total nonsense. Uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky as my, as my quarterback too. I was on my Trubisky uh, run during those times, but like you see, I mean, I don't know. Shocking. A- that didn't pan out for you. Yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> uh, thankfully, I eventually pivoted to Mariota, which is, is working out just fine. But um, yeah, I was on the Trubisky run for a little bit. Let me tell you, there's nothing quite like getting the victory lap in, uh, you know, when he just because he won the starting. I was like, I'm telling you, he's going to be the starter. He's going to be the starter. And he's the starter. And I'm like, see, I fucking told you 
guys that he's a starter. Well, then, you know, you, you kind of quickly forget that he needs to actually score some fantasy points and not be <laughs> not be awful. And eh, he's pretty awful still, Mitch Trubisky. But so um, I actually think that my teams could be a, a, you know, it's a little skewed towards like the, obviously I draft a little more wide receivers and all that kind of stuff. But like I basically have an average advance rate in BBM, right? 18% right now. It's probably going to fall with all the Kyle Pitts and Trey Lance and Javante and everything that I have, Darnell Mooney, all the, I have all these hurt guys and the Cardinals have a buy coming up. They're an important team for me. It's not going to go very well, probably for the next um, two weeks, but like Chris, like if we look at Christian Watson, just in BBM for me, I have a whopping three, three teams. That advance rate looks great though. One, one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One, one is advancing and, Oh, I remember. I, so I remember this now. I was looking at this earlier uh, today. I, I I'm guessing I auto drafted or so, or I was drunk or so, <laughs> something happened here because I drafted both Lamar and Mahomes. You know, I mean that's not particularly my my favorite uh, strategy. The double elite with Kareem Hunt, Rojo, Jamal Williams, and TDP as my only four running backs, and it's up by seventy two points. Boy, did Jamal Williams bail you out on this <laughs> team? <laughs> This team is going to win and absolutely go nowhere. You know, I'm going to advance and go absolutely nowhere in the playoffs. Um, If this team wins the whole thing, people are going (laughs) to riot. Just so you know, like, how the hell did a Kareem Hunt, Ronald Jones, Tyrion Davis price team get through? Kyle Pitts. I've basically been using Evan Ingram as a, as my as my only tight end. I drafted so this is how I was like, okay, something went wrong here. I have AJ Green on this team. <laughs> not not my kind of guy, but like I have two smash quarterbacks, right? And then Justin Jefferson, T, T. Higgins, Elijah sucks, but Devonta Smith, Christian Kirk, Rondale's been useful, Jacoby's been useful, Christian Watson comes on when I need him, you know, here just absolutely smashing. The wide receivers just completely carried uh, this team so like my but going back to the kind of original point th- this team's you know pretty much dead because it just has uh you know it, it lost the trey lance there and the running backs are not great although it does have jeff wilson one of my one of my very few jeff wilson teams so that's triggering to be down but like this team is close right and you're like you're looking at these teams i know it has melvin but like if dobbins comes back i know Damian Harris is hurt, but you get just get a little bit of get a, get a little bit of good luck here down the stretch, and you're down 30 points, and you have Christian Watson and Tyree Kill and Justin Jefferson, you know, and mm-hmm. the, these guys again, fucking Kyle Pitts, Jesus Christ. Uh, but Zay Zay came in and saved the day this week. Um, there's there's just so many interesting little little nuggets with some of these guys. So Watson's probably a, a difficult one. I did want to pull up really quickly to go back to your kind of original thing, comparing those like first round guys. Okay. Um, and like the advance rate. So like if we go to Jefferson. Go While to you're Johnson. doing that, I just want to ask everyone, how did we grow up with just one computer monitor? I'm using one computer to monitor right now. And I, I'm very upset. It's the worst. I can't, I can't do it. No, it, I can't, it, I can't do it. It's awful. Cause I want to go and I'm trying to look at my um, Christian Watson teams. So mine, I have 11. The advance rate's only nine percent, but there's twenty seven percent within twenty points of advancing right now. See, that's nice because you can still get there with yeah. him. He's he's such a late hammer, you know. Yeah, and he could definitely get there. There is a there's a team that's really fun with Christian Watson that I have. Um, while you're get pulling that up, let me just list it off. It's Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, Singletary, Miles Sanders, Daryl Henderson, Michael Carter, Mostert, Dearnest. 
Diggs, Higgins, Kirk, MVS, Nico, Watson, Duvernay, Sammy Watkins. Must have been something that went on there. But it also has <laughs> Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. So, Which I know we're pivoting the conversation here, but can we talk about – I'm glad you brought up Waller. Alex asked, is, is, like, is Waller coming back? He's on one of my best teams that like mm-hmm. is – Fully intact, basically, besides him. I, I can't remember who it is uh, exactly at quarterback, but it's like Hertz Fields or something like that with just smashes everywhere. I think it has ETN. I think it has Jamal Williams. I think it has, you know, it just uh, might have like uh, Ken Walker on that team. It's like probably my best team, but it's like him and Brevin Jordan at tight end or something uh, like that. And like, yeah. so like, I really, really, really need Waller. And I guess he's coming back, Alex, but. I don't know, and I'm not sure he can be that much of a difference maker. He didn't. He wasn't really doing anything before he went. Anything's down and... a difference maker at tight end, though, unless that's like, true. You know, like for the team I have, it kind of doesn't matter because it has Kelsey. So you're not super stressed about Waller coming back. I mean, I would love him to come back because Kelsey puts up one dud in a playoff performance, and Waller catches a touchdown and advances yeah. the team for me. Then wonderful. Because now a lot of the Kelsey teams get knocked out and now I'm advancing Kelsey or whatever. So, I mean, these are all scenarios we're making up in our head to win $2 million as well. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, how can I, I win keep... $2 million with this team? And and you think that scenario is crazy? I keep going through my teams and most of them are so dead. The scenarios are far crazier than just a Travis Kelsey dud and Darren Waller good game. Mine are like, okay, the, the two running backs ahead of Daryl Henderson get hurt. And, you know, it's, you know, you're just pipe dreaming all this. Justin Fields somehow doesn't, comes back, doesn't suck in the two worst matchups in the league in weeks 15 15 and 16, gets through, you know, and he throws two touchdowns to Chase Claypool in week 17. Like that's what we're really pipe dreaming about, about some stuff, (laughs) some stuff here. So Justin Jefferson teams, I have 14 Justin Jefferson teams. And again, this is just best ball mania. 21% 21% are advancing with a, a, a 7 more percent uh close. The best team. So this is this is this might be that team. He might be on this pretty good team here. Yeah. So yeah, so it has Waller and Everett. So it's Everett hasn't been great, but it, it could be worse than Everett as the uh as the the second tight end. Mm-hmm. But here's an example of a team that I'm like excited about, but it needs it needs Waller mostly. But it's got a Cousins double stack and, a, and a, I believe two. I got Tyreek and Waddle. Yeah, that's Tyreek nice. and Waddle Cousins to Jefferson and KJ Osborne. So I'm not worried about KJ Osborne. But, you know, you never know in the playoffs. ETN, Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, Isaiah Spiller, Tyler Algier and Donta Foreman. And so Foreman has come up really huge on this team to go along with, obviously, ETN. And Sanders, and then the receivers are just pretty sick. Jefferson, Tyreek, Waddle, Sutton, Ayuk, Josh Palmer. Uh, and Uncle Valus down here at, at the bottom. But uh, yeah, so like this team is up by 172 points. It's obviously advancing, but then you're kind of looking forward to the playoffs and you're like, okay, I don't have Jacobs, you know, I don't have Kelsey, I don't have this, which is on one hand good, but on the other hand, that's when you're thinking like, I need Waller, mm-hmm. I need ETN, I need Dante Foreman, right? I need, uh, you know, these things. The Dolphins don't have awesome matchups in the first couple of weeks. And so, uh, it, there, these thought experiments I keep putting myself through are are wild right now, but um, I'm trying to see kind of what what like what do I want to have in the playoffs, right? Like this team is definitely one I would like to have in in the playoffs, both obviously because it's 
mostly healthy and has some some decent leverage i think doesn't have some of the chalkier guys but it's it needs you know i haven't really found a team that i'm like yep boom you know it's got kelsey it's got great running backs it's got healthy wide receivers i haven't really found any of those teams for me personally yeah and just while i'm looking at this the other thing that comes back to my head is just taking stands on guys like we talked about earlier you like justin jefferson a lot you wanted as much justin jefferson as you could get right you only have 14 Justin. I mean, not that he's easy to get because he was a top three, four pick, mm-hmm. but to that ex- to that point, like you still only have 14 Justin Jefferson teams out of 150, right? So it's like take your stands. If you have a stand, if you if you have a stand, don't don't force a stand if you don't like it or anything. But like if you liked Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup, take the stand on Justin Jefferson, right? And that's what I was pulling up here. Uh, so I have 20 Cooper Cup teams, which to your exact point during the draft cycle when they flipped. So I was basically taking those top five guys mm-hmm. in the order of their ADP. I wasn't taking a stand on any of them. I wanted all of Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. After that was when I was I have a lot more Kelsey Diggs and Devante, which is you know one thing that's working out in my favor amongst the million injured guys on all my teams. So when Cup and Jefferson kind of flipped, I just and and Cup would fall even a little bit more. Remember that stretch, right? We had the Stafford elbow concerns and all that stuff. Yep. Cup kind of fell a little bit. So I just naturally have a little bit more Cup. So I have 20 teams. And it's like, look, you're getting some of these teams through, but Correct. they're dead, right? I mean, they're, yeah. they're just you're just sitting here looking at 20 dead teams, even though like, I mean, you're going to have to run perfect with it. It's going to have to be one of the teams that you went zero RB where you grabbed Tyreek and AJ Brown. I'm not even saying you have that combo, but right. you might. It's a it's a viable combo that you could have had on one of these teams. And that's the only way you're getting one of these teams to the finals, probably, if you ran perfect. But that goes into building your structure per- the, the correct way on what you're doing. We have a lot of these guys that are coming out on Twitter and saying like, am I making fun of zero RB? They're like, look at what would have happened if you went zero RB and you took Cooper cup, Mike Evans and (laughs) player X. It's like, yeah, but I can do the same thing. I can say, what if you took Justin Jefferson, Tyree kill AJ Brown? Right. I mean, like it's so, I hate, I hate that. Like that engagement horseshit that people do where they're like, cause I can cherry pick any of it. You can, you can cherry pick like it's like, well, what if you went Najee, Javante Williams and Alvin Kamara when he was a third rounder? <laughs> Your team's dead, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah, you can do it both ways. It's it's about drafting the team properly and having the exact like and, and drafting within structure. And it's why some players to me are just like dead. And I learn that more and more every year. The, the example I always bring up is Jarvis Landry. But when I was looking at one of your teams, you had Jacoby Myers on it. And I'm like, the hell does Jacoby Myers do that helps, especially on underdog, right? Like specifically mm-hmm. on that side, he's doing nothing to help you for the most part. He's getting you what an eight to ten point game here and there. Yeah. So it, it's just drafting the right players within the structure, and that's why Christian Watson was always a better pick. It, it's hindsight. It looks like hindsight now that I'm saying it, but he was always a better pick than guys like that, just based on what he could bring to your best ball teams. Well, and there's a, it's a mystery box, right? And when, when there's a, a rookie or some form of unknown, 
Mm-hmm. And this, and this, we haven't talked a lot about Josh Jacobs, but I want to use this also on the Josh Jacobs thing because it kind of hit me today. If you're not a member of the the Spike Week Discord, in the description there's a link to the Discord. It's 100% free. We are talking around the clock about all this stuff. So um, if you would like to join in the conversation, totally free, and I highly recommend it. I learn something every single day from all these other people that are in the chat here, and and tons of other smart people that that also aren't even just necessarily in the chat here. But we've been talking so much about Josh Jacobs, right? Because he's the clear guy that, you know, at cost, right? At no one, there is not a person on the planet that was like super pumped for Josh Jacobs. There's some people who might have drafted him, you know, certainly more than I did, probably more than you did, probably more than a lot of other people did, liked him more, whatever you want to call it. No one. Trust me, I I am more ingrained into this stupid best ball space than just about anyone. I never heard a single person being like, this committee stuff is nonsense. The Josh McDaniels thing is nonsense. You know, all, you know, him playing in the preseason is nonsense. No one came out and said any of that. No one believed it. Everyone and their mother thought that the most likely scenario was a committee. He was probably going to lose the pass. They brought in two passing down backs, not one. Two. They brought in Amir Abdullah and uh, what's his name? Oh, Brandon Bolden. Yep. They brought those guys in, and then they drafted Zamir White, and then they didn't extend Josh Jacobs on his fifth fifth year option. Every every tea leaf that we would read was a basically negative sentiment towards Josh Jacobs, and thus in a market, the market's like this is not good for him, so he falls. But what creates this upside? that Josh Jacobs is running into, that Christian Watson is running into, is strictly uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Like, that is it. The whole si- – we were doing our best to diagnose the situation, right? Everything that I just said makes logical sense that Josh Jacobs would fall to the seventh, eighth round, whatever. But the whole thing was that we really didn't know shit. We had no idea. Was it gonna, you know, was Amir Abdul going to play on passing downs? I don't know. Was Brandon Bolden? What, was Zamir going to be the early down guy? Like, there's a scenario in which Zamir White kind of stole the first and second down work, and Brandon Bolden's playing on third downs. We had no idea, but uncertainty, just like there was with Christian Watson, breeds upside. And like, that's the the, the lesson is is not that oh, what was it about Josh Jacobs that we missed? Like nothing. You didn't fucking miss anything. That's what people are keep trying to like say. What what can I learn from Josh Jacobs? The only thing you can learn is that situations with these great the the band of outcomes was absurd on the Raiders. Mm. Literally, Josh Jacobs could be like a fucking DNP right now, for all we know. I know that seems crazy now to say in hindsight, but go back to July and listen to all the like go read the Roto World blurbs and stuff from July. It was the uncertainty of the whole situation. This is a 1% outcome or you know, definitely a top 5% outcome, but that's the point. It's the same thing for Christian Watson. I mean, he's scoring touchdowns at an absurd rate, but that's what happens when you there's no one else to throw to when you play with Aaron Rodgers and you, you know, you're a downfield player. That uncertainty breeds the upside. And so that's like been my biggest takeaway, definitely on Josh Jacobs, but you know, on all these guys, right? Why were we talking about Javante and Kyle Pitts and everything because people thought one thing, right? They thought Melvin Gordon was going to get 50% of the work, which LOL. They thought, you know, the Falcons weren't going to throw enough or whatever, which has worked out. But we don't really know any of this. 
And so betting, Josh Jacobs was the best running back on the team. Mm-hmm. If you just said in the uncertain situation on what we thought was a good offense, I'm just going to take that best player and pray. That's really all it is. Like we, we love to convince ourselves it's this other bullshit. It was just the crazy uncertainty and he's the best guy. So let's see what happens. And this is what happens sometimes. But what I would like to add to that is we also look for narratives to to help like drive our preconceived notions of players. Oh, people, yeah. di- people didn't like Josh Jacobs in the first place, right? Like a lot of people, and I never had a problem with Josh Jacobs. I'm like, he's a fine running back. Like, he's fine. He's fine. But as soon as you found like that little slither of like uncertainty, I, and I was guilty of it too, because I did a lot of um, Samir White drafts and Cobra Kai in the chat. Me, up the you in the point. chat. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. But, I'll uh, show you my Zamir White. Well, you, go ahead. I'll pull but, it up. But they were saying, like, at a cost of, of like, he's a 15, 16 rounder. It's like, great. I have a potential shot at the, the first round. I mean, the, uh, the starting <laughs> running back in the 15th or 16th round. So we're like, oh, Josh Jacobs started in the Hall of Fame game. Oh, there's a new coach that likes to run multiple backs. Oh, there's this, there's that, there's this other thing. So we, we focused on that rather than, well, Josh Jacobs is still a really good NFL running back. Is he mm-hmm. top five? Probably no. Is he top 10? No. Probably close. He's he's right in that range. Top, let's say for sure, top 15. Definitely top 15. He's yeah. He floats around there. And we he's do- like Miles Sanders or something, right? And they all yeah. both have kind of worked out in their same way. Like they're the best back on that team. Are they stars? No. Can they kind of do everything well enough? Yes. And then you put him in a kind of uncertain situation on a good offense. This is what yeah. happens. And he's going to be the guy next year. Like we say all these nice things about him, but <laughs> to be realistic about it, he's now going to be a first or second round pick next year. And he probably busts. He's probably going to be the easiest fade of the draft next year now. Didn't he do that two, two years ago, right? He was like a one-two turn pick or something like that. Yep. Not last year, but the year before, I believe. <laughs> yeah, and um, he'll probably bust next year. But we need to stay off of those things where, like, we we did it with LaVisca Chenault on the opposite direction. Where we're all like, we really like LaVisca Chenault. Like, he looks like he's going to crush. He's on this offense that should be passing a bunch. He's a genetic freak. He's the greatest man alive. And (laughs) truthfully, he had done nothing. He had really not shown enough to warrant what, like a seventh or sixth round pick last year or something like that. And we all fucking fell for it. All of us did. (laughs) I don't want to hear it in the chat that you didn't fall for LaVisca Chenault because you did. If you're in this chat, you fell for LaVisca Chenault. And uh, yeah, so we need to put some stuff into perspective. And it kind of sounds like I'm talking out both sides of my mouth because I'm like, well, Christian Watson was a mystery, blah, 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 blah. But he was high draft capital. He was supposed to be a really good pick out of the thing. And he could bust, but we'd rather have that guy in the you know, 14th round or 13th round, wherever he was going, rather than a guy that's just dead already, like Jarvis Landry or insert player X. And and that's what uh, I'm going to pull up some of these. Um... God, sorry, I'm trying to find uh, comments. This is, I think this is a, I don't know that I would say this is the floor, but I, I, I'm not going to argue with what Terrence says that Jacob's floor was Damian Harris last year. I mean, Damian Harris scored like 20 fucking touchdowns last year or something. You know, I, I think that's an exaggeration, but that's a little extreme. But if your thought was, look, at worst case scenario is going to be like this early down grinder on a decent offense. I think that that was fine, you know, and then there's always contingent, contingent value. Uh, I'm trying to find. Uh, his, his floor was worse because of Zamir White. His his floor was not playing. 
Right. His floor was not playing. It was because they had Zamir and they had two other passing down backs. So like if he doesn't get the passing down work, which he's still he he's he's taken on a little bit more of it as the season has gone on, but like even when he was crushing super early, well, he didn't crush the first month or so, but even like when he started to crush after that, it was really just rushing. He'd catch up. He's kind of like Joe Mixon. He would give away, like Joe Mixon doesn't play third downs and long down and distance. Mm-hmm. Pirine does. So that's why people are like, how the fuck is Joe Mixon getting eight targets every week? Joe Burrow just checks it down that much. Like on second down, he checks it down. Mixon's in then, but when it's third and seven, Pirine's in the game. That's kind of how it was for Josh Jacobs. Abdullah would come in you know, or, or Bolden or whatever. I think Bolden's been hurt, but you know, someone would come in on third and eight, but Josh Jacobs would get catches. Other than that, he was just running for 180 yards and two touchdowns, you know, like this past week, 300 fucking yards. Um, Mixon's kind of nasty on that wheel route too, by the way. Like he, I mean, Mixon, Mixon and Jacobs are reasonable comps, like in terms of the skill set, like good enough. Same thing. Mixon, Mixon's losing a little bit of juice and I don't think Jacobs has totally lost it yet, but Mixon was actually like probably like the reason why people would get tilted is he's a good receiver, like a mm-hmm. legit good receiver. He just doesn't play passing downs because he, he still can't pass protect. He's like, like how many times, how many, how many fucking practices in the NFL has this guy had to go through and he still can't block a, you know, a, a blitzer or, or, or something like how, how are we still getting subbed out? Giovanni Bernard played passing downs over him and people thought it was because of the receiving thing. It's because Gio was a better pass protector than Gio's like my size, you know, like, yeah. like uh, how is Mixon at six, six foot two thirty? How can he not pass protect? Anyway, the Zamir thing and going, people were like, I think they would use kind of what you said with, uh, okay, I don't want to talk out of both, you know, both sides of my mouth on Visca versus like Christian Watson or something. I think you want to – I had Jacob Sanderson on. If you don't know – if you guys don't know Jacob Sanderson, go follow him on Twitter. He's an awesome fantasy football analyst. Had him on for a draft um, this summer, and he said this, and it was, like, profound to me. I want to identify the types of players that I want to draft. D- don't look at ADP. Don't look at anything. Maybe Visca is that kind of a player that you want to draft, right? Some people would use this – let's use Gabe. Some people might use this on – Gabe, he's on the Bills. He's going to play every snap. He has crazy weekly upside, but he's probably not a superstar wide receiver, right? And that, that's that was a thin draw to him being a, a really you know a stud NFL wide receiver. But his archetype is such that the weekly upside and the seasonal upside is crazy. But maybe you don't like the price, just right. like you didn't with Visca. That doesn't mean you you have to take zero, right? It's, it, it, that's not how this game works, right? If Gabe scores four touchdowns in the in week 17, guess what? Who you gotta have? Gabe Davis. You can take more Zamir to the Josh Jacobs thing if you're like, I just like the price better on Zamir. He was going in the 16th round or whatever. Yeah, me too. Look at this. I got 39 fucking Zamir White, 39 Zamir White team, <laughs> and like three Josh. I can pull up the Josh Jacobs teams. And like three Josh Jacobs teams. So I agree with that. But that it doesn't mean that you it, it has to be. Either or, right? It doesn't have to be binary. It can, I, literally, I have three. They're all they're advancing. all advancing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have the Amazing. same. I have thirty nine Zamir White teams and three Josh Jacobs. I think I have the same amount of advancing teams <laughs> of of both of them. But you can still take Josh Jacobs, right? So maybe you're underweight. Like, just give me five percent, right? Or I mean, it just some because he fits that story we're trying to tell. 
there's a path in which this happens. What happens this season? Christian Watson, there's there's a path. I want to take more Christian Watson because he's a 16th round pick. But it doesn't mean I have to ignore the guy. I don't have to ignore Gabe just because Christian Watson's a better bet. Like, it doesn't have to work that way. You know what I mean? And I think we get caught in that too much. Like, ADP matters, but the player archetype and, like, skill set and all that matters the most. Yeah, definitely. I just looked up my Josh Jacob teams in the in Best Ball Mania. I only had five, and two of them advancing with one within 10 points of advancing. So those this are this dude is carrying a Matthew Stafford, Marcus Mariota, J.K. Dobbins team <laughs> to, to the playoffs. <laughs> I, I handicuffed them too. So look, I'm safe. And yeah. uh, if, if he gets a game, he Cooper Cup. this team has Cooper Cup, J.K. Dobbins, Matthew Stafford, Marcus Mariota, CPAT really hasn't done shit. Bateman hurt. Jesus, awful, but that that's the team, team that I'm talking. I mean, other than your garbage ass quarterbacks, um, that's the type of team I'm talking about earlier. When you have Cup, the way you drafted that team would still be viable if you had a half decent quarterback there, right? Yep. Because you took Cup, but you took AJ Brown. I think it had like Waddle, T Higgins, like yeah. I mean, look if Cup was healthy, look at these wide receivers. Yeah, like you like that still has a chance to do damage if it's, and that's why like drafting within structure the right type of players makes sense and evans probably wasn't like just going back to that and i kind of jump all over the place but i wasn't out on evans like other people were being out on evans was probably the right play perfect to be perfectly honest um because if i was out on evans i would have more tyreek and more i mean i don't need more aj brown i have a a healthy clip of aj brown but maybe i have a little more of him too and and i'm happy about that so don't you think? Don't you think uh, we do all this conversation about advance rate and stuff? Mm-hmm. Do you think that AJ Brown and Tyreek are maybe low key kind of high advance rate players that people oh, aren't really absolutely. discussing? Yeah, absolutely. They're just like that's in that range. It's just like them and Nick Chubb, right? That are doing mm-hmm. like anything. I mean, Mark Andrews, but like he's really died off. Yeah. And is there anybody? Is there anybody else that's doing any? AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, Nick Chubb, right from that range? Right. And and the way to make it different again. So say even if you did have all these guys, but let's say you took damn it. Kelsey in the first four picks, and then you d- came around and you took AJ Brown and Tyreek, like those are all high advanced rate guys. But how many teams in Best Ball Mania do you think have those three guys based on their ADP? Minimal, minimal have that. If one Kelsey AJ Brown team, oh man. It's alive. It's not dead. 20 points back. Mahomes, Kelsey, CD, AJ Brown. So not quite the same uh, kind of thing you were talking about there, but in the in but, the ballpark. But enough because like you're you were high on both of those guys, but yet you only have one team with both of them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Two, two of my two of my that Kelsey's one of even though he won the first round, he's one of my high like my third highest owned tight end. And AJ Brown's like my fourth highest owned wide receiver they're they're two of my favorite picks i only have one team with both of them i only have one team with both of them and it's it's ahead by 20 points right now it's it's on life support but it's <laughs> it, it just shows you and then if you like you look at kelsey tyree kill i don't even know if i'm gonna have any of those i don't have any probably not i don't and and you could have made it happen easily like if you just one. if you took kelsey early so i'm jealous you have the one i don't, I don't know if I probably get to- 80 80 points back so yeah but i mean it's it was a smart play like again we can't 
go off of advancing as being smart. You know, some of the stuff you did around it might not have made. It, it doesn't look like a bad team, though, just from no. what I'm saying. The, uh, again, we might have had a little bit too much whiskey or something with a Kelsey Goddard Everett, but everything else looks fine. I mean, I like the wide receivers. I like typical zero RB team the for running Dobbins. fine, too. Like, yeah. it looks like it should have. It should be closer, but you know, you could have also just been in the wrong room where people just steamrolled. Yeah, I mean, Hertz yeah. has been great. Miles has been good. Singletary's been good enough. Michael mm-hmm. Carter kind of sucks. Rashad's come on here. And then obviously, like you said, Tyreek, whatever. I think it's just sometimes this is the other thing. Again, I know we like to bounce around, but mm-hmm. fuck it. That the <laughs> the way scores fall together is the other like the, we talked about the injuries or like we know it's important but there's really nothing you can do about it. Like from a plant, right. When we're, when we're, you know, we're not that far away. We're four months away from starting this whole cycle over again about drafting. Right. And all that stuff, but there's nothing you can do about the injuries. There's nothing you can do about how your points lay together. Right. Like, like this team, you look at it, you're like, you know, is it great? No, but like, is it fine? Yeah. Hell yeah. It's fine. Jalen hurts, Travis, Kelsey, Miles Sanders, Devin Singletary, Rashad white, Tyreek, Gabe Hollywood, you know, these guys are, are that, that's good. And it's really not even particularly close to. Yeah. But you have advance. 1,420 points. I think in most rooms, if I remember from looking earlier is advancing or close to advancing and you're behind by 80. So it just, unfortunately you ran into a juggernaut of a room. Like I have, I have teams that have, 1437 that's advancing and it's like locked to advance so 1420 should be viable in most drafts right it just you ran into a steamroller sometimes you're going to run into steamrollers this is always just such a good comment but i i this is like so evergreen with all my teams it's like you go every team i fold up here you're like oh yeah look jefferson tyreek aj brown you know hollywood your wide receivers are awesome but your RB2 is, you know, <laughs> somebody, Devin Singletary. Like, uh, you don't love your running backs. I, I have not gotten the luck of all the running backs falling together not, on a team for me too much. Not going too deep into it, but has this season changed your outlook on how you're drafting zero RB versus other strategies next year at all? Or are you still kind of running through that process in your head? Uh, I'll probably do more. <clears throat> more Next zero year. RB. I think my, one of my strongest takeaways, similar to like the Jacobs thing, where just yeah. like I, I the Jacobs thing also pisses me off, not because of him or because he's going off, but it, I knew this. Kind, you know, like when we we've talked a lot about we're willing to take some stands, and in the early rounds, even when you're trying to take a stand, you're still not going to get that big of a stand. But right. like we would go through our team. And you're like, why do I have four Najee teams? Why do I have three Mixon teams? Why do I have, you know, whatever? I, I didn't want those guys. I'm not saying that if you wanted them that you were wrong, but that was my personal plan of attack. And I wish I could turn those teams into, tra- right? Maybe I could have found that perfect Travis Kelsey team if I didn't have those Najee teams or what, you know, what I'm making, I'm pulling names out. If I, if I stuck to what my belief was, maybe I could have stumbled into that, that perfect team. That's kind of how I feel about the uncertainty thing, which actually mm-hmm. bleeds into the zero RB thing. I, I, like, I'm not an idiot. I talk about this shit all the time. Like the uncertainty of Christian Watson 
bred upside. I, I literally will talk about it for every other uncertain player, but I didn't target enough Christian Watson. The uncertainty of the Raiders' backfield, I, I fell into the trap of that it wasn't that uncertain. When, when you, if you take a step back now and you look at it, it was absolutely wildly uncertain. Now, I yep. did take a lot of Zamir White, so like, and I'm okay with that, but I didn't, I didn't dip my toes into the, the Jacobs thing enough. But the zero RB thing, I think the like contingent based and uncertain backfields are the only thing a macro like some not every backfield is this way, right? AJ Dillon was probably overpriced. Yeah. But the uncertain backfields and the contingency based running backs are the only thing in this entire market that I think is probably still going to be mispriced next year. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the quarterback thing. You ain't getting bargains on quarterbacks next year, in my opinion. What Travis Kelsey is doing is probably not going to give you bargains on tight ends anymore. If there's a tight end upside, wide receiver, superstar wide receivers, we're, we're, I mean, it's just one season, but it's, uh, I think it was uh, somebody in chat mentioned that Amari Cooper is the only wide receiver drafted outside of the top, uh, what, three or four rounds that's in the top like 15 amongst wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So we're just crushing wide receivers efficient market efficiency was we're crushing quarterbacks and we're pretty much crushing tight ends because Kelsey and Andrews, you know, are just the shit. Everybody else sucks. <laughs> yeah. The one. So where, where do you, where do you lap the field? Jacobs, Ramondre, Ken Walker, yep. Donta Foreman. Yeah. You know, those guys that that's where you lap the field. So I, I just want to lean into it even more. Like I like Nick Chubb. Eckler has been good. Uh, you know, I, I obviously I like Javante. You know, I, there's reasons to draft all these running backs, but man, when you just look at the landscape now, it has changed so much. I just really want to like, if I could have as many shots as possible on finding a way to mix and match, and and you you find a team that has Jacobs and Miles Sanders and Ramondre and Donta Foreman and Ken Walker, mm-hmm. you're like like obviously that's you know you the have nuts, to win the lottery, yeah. but that's yeah. the nut. It's the stone nuts. You know, you have Kelsey and you know, uh, Tyreek on that team or something. It's like, it's the absolute stone cold nuts. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to this in one second, but I just want to point out also he's currently in first in the oh, draft is $2 and 22 tourney GP pro GPP bros are down bad. And he needs that 10 K this year. <laughs> nice, man. I hope, I actually hope you take it down. I don't think I'm even viable for it. And a special shout out to Al. He shows up to the hometown ghost stories streams as well. So thanks awesome. for checking out both things. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I still like the Harrow RB strategy as well, but everything you said is totally viable because the nuts this year was hitting on Kelsey or one of the wide receivers and bringing it back with two of the real strong second and third round wide receivers and getting Ken Walker. You know, it's you know, not to beat a dead horse, but it's kind of me and not exactly, but it's close to me and Pete's big dog team where we have. We had Brees Hall, Ramondre, Josh Jacobs, Ken Walker, but we also had Fournette early. But we had CD, AJ Brown. You know, those were our two stud wide receivers. And if we could have added a third stud other than if we went with a wide receiver other than um, Leonard Fournette, like that team's even stronger, right? Like if we just cut him out, kept the other running backs, and went, I don't know. Hell, if we went any other running back in that vicinity, Devin Singletary or something like that, along with it, I'm not saying that's something we could have done. Maybe it wasn't there, but 
to your point, it, it just it gives you such a better team. It's so strong. So yeah, it's just there's only one position that through the chaos of the season and through that uncertainty, right? There's of course uncertainty around Christian Watson and whatever. Rook like rookie wide receivers, young wide receivers, uncertain wide receiver situations. The only position that you can get these like truly exponential gains. Christian Watson's been awesome. But if you do like if, if you play DFS or or you just do weekly projections or anything like that, Christian Watson's mm-hmm. never gonna project like Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or Devontae Adams or whatever, right? He's gonna be like a good value play in DFS. Yeah. Ken Walker, Ken Walker and Ramondre Stevenson are showing up as top three raw points, like they're literally rivaling. JT and CMC and stuff from a median projection in any given week and a ceiling projection in any given week, right? Josh Jacobs, same way. These guys all project like the top running back of the week, basically. Your Christian Watsons of the world project great. You're very happy to have them, of course, but they project more like Deontay Johnson, or you know, or something like that. I'm pulling a, a shitty name out of out of a hat, but they project like that, right? They don't project like these complete stone cold smashes in any given week. And so when you just do the kind of two v two, three v three math in your head, it's like, would you rather have Ken Walker and Ramondre and Josh Jacobs plus Kelsey, you know, and superstar wide receivers? You know, the the, the, the math is going to play out really far in favor of the uh, the zero RB team. Have you seen the list of running back free agents for next year? Oh, yeah, I have. Uh, somebody shared it with me on uh, I saw a tweet or something like that. There was a tweet earlier. I, I have a little bit of it pulled up. It's Saquon, Donta Foreman, Damian Harris, Daryl Henderson, Kareem Hunt, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Raheem Mostert. So the, the backfield, I mean, some of these guys are going to resign with the teams they're on, but some of them are going to move on and it's going to really make that landscape a little more interesting as well. Yeah, definitely. I do think David's comment is um, good. I wouldn't put Chase Edmonds in there personally. Uh, That feels like a little bit of revisionist history. Uh, He was the starting running back on the dolphins who (laughs) one of the best offenses in the NFL. He played like 90% of the snaps in week one. He just sucked. And Chase Edmonds has been like historically super efficient. He's a he's a not, not just like not just as a receiver. I think people view him that way. He is a good runner. Like he's a super efficient runner. And I actually thought he fit that offense pretty well. Didn't work, but uh, I didn't. And I actually didn't draft a bunch of Chase Edmonds, so uh, I'm kind of happy it didn't work. You know, but I, I wouldn't put him in that category. But 100, percent JD McKissick, I got tricked into the stupid, and he got traded. So who knows? But stupid Naheem Hines thing again. You know, he, he appeared to actually be the actual contingent value bet for the Colts in the backfield. But agree, the passing down back stuff, um, I think it has a little bit gone to the wayside. We used to I think that's not logic we should use anymore uh, in terms of especially like the zero RB thing. People would be like, well, I just need, you know, guys to get me some points. So I'm going to draft J.D. McKissick on the zero. RB. Like, mm, I think you should just take your swings. Just get. Give me, give me all the Madisons and Pollards and Walkers and and you know, there's enough committees now mm-hmm. that I don't think you need to take the guys that don't have the paths to winning you anything like JD McKissick anymore. I, I, I could, you know, people might disagree with me, but I think that that's like two or three years ago stuff that I don't think we want to do anymore. 
I think we definitely don't want to do it on underdog anymore. Like I think JD McKissick, I think the planets need to align properly where it's a team that you think can put up points, but they're going to be playing from behind a lot. And then you want to draft him on your DK teams. So I was taking McKissick on DK teams, but I wasn't taking Hines because I thought the Colts would be ahead and grinding JT a lot. You know, I'm getting my hand in the dirt a little bit here and just <laughs> saying the way I think teams are going to run out. But that's the that's part of the way I play. It's why I didn't draft Saints this year, right? I'm glad I didn't do that. It's also why I didn't draft Seahawks this year. And that's a wow, mistake, wow. right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, like you can, we all have to, we all have our own processes and it's, you have to be open to changing your process. Like you're saying with this, if you're not open to changing your process on how you're drafting a, because the NFL is different every year. I mean, look at the quarterback thing. We will in the off season, but also look at what we're doing with some of these zero RB teams. Like it's just, you have to be open-minded and a lot of people aren't open-minded enough to be changing the way that they draft in the future. It's, it's well, I always drafted three or four running backs first. I'm going to keep doing it. And that's the proper way to play fantasy football. It's not everything evolves. Like the, the NFL favors wide receivers right now. And if you have stud, stud, stud wide receivers, they are a greater commodity than any other position in the league. They can just do things that it feels like no one else can do more consistently. Joe Mixon went off for 50, right? Joe Mixon probably ain't sniffing 30 again this year. No. He might have a 20, 24-point game. That's a, that's potential. But he's not sealing it again. If I told you that Justin Jefferson had three more 40-point games in him, would you be shocked? No. Justin Jefferson sure. uh, has been the most both in – consistency is such a good – consistent upside, like you said, is absolutely perfect. And Justin Jefferson is 100% the example of that. We started a new uh, – uh, I can just click over to it really fast. We started a, a – put together a new – we're going to keep building upon this, like with some best ball-focused stats. Mm-hmm. If you look at Justin Jefferson – so you see over here we started with nuclear weeks, spike weeks, usable weeks, and dud weeks. Essentially what it is is uh, you know, a, use, a usable week is basically kind of right at the median. It's going to make your lineup – You know, on, we filtered out some of the noise. right? If a guy runs three routes or whatever and catches one, one pass we're trying we're trying to filter out the the noise of the stuff down at the bottom so you do have to score a little bit more to be a usable week in a spike week um than maybe people might expect but if i go like look at if i go look at usable weeks i mean shocker mahomes and and kelsey are are at the top here but uh let me just go to wide receiver just to make it a little bit easier terrence look is at who's- asking what league winners have a bad qb and a bad coach i would just say all of eric's advancing teams that's correct. That's absolutely correct. That's a, that's one hundred percent correct. Um, Wandale was going to be one of them. Awful QB. Eh, not a bad coach. Dayball's not a bad coach. Um, but anyway, really quickly, the wide receiver thing. So, like, you look at the usable weeks: Diggs, Tyreek, Jefferson, Cup. Yeah. Which is insane that Cup was all up there and he's missed a couple games. Devontae, mm-hmm. interestingly, Tyler Lockett, right? But then look at the consistent upside again. It's these guys. The first round, second round wide receivers every week almost is usable. And then on top of that, they're like spike weeks. Justin Jefferson leads the entire NFL at wide receiver in nuclear weeks, which is basically kind of like two standard deviations above what that usable week thing would be. Mm -hmm. So like every time he's 
usable, he's crushing. Like, you know, basically. Like 60% of the time, it works every time. 60% of the time, he is having, you know, a decent week. It's also like a really big week. So like you said, he's just going to keep putting up those 25, 30, 30, 35, 40. Mixon's like 10, 12, 17, 8, 40, 50, whatever, 12, 8, 6, right? And you want the spike, but the dream is this. Cooper Cup, Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, where it's like they're they're putting up weeks that make my lineup and make my lineup better every week. But then even when they do that, it's like two times better than what everyone else in my league is getting from their normal wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, I actually like this tool a ton because it shows me that even though we have had Jamar Chase out a couple of weeks too, he still has had seven usable weeks for you, which is great. And Terrence is dunking on me on the chat, showing that Joe Mixon will dunk on me Sunday when he plays the Kansas City Chiefs and puts up 40 against them, which is... Slide in my DMs. Yeah, it's not <laughs> happening. You don't think so? Joe Mixon's not smashing against the Chiefs, no. Potential. Potential there. Yeah, um, yeah but but... he's not running for he's not running for a million yards. Mahomes is going to light them up like light a Christmas tree. They're, they're gonna, so they're going to have to throw the ball. He'll catch some checkdowns, but you ain't getting 40 balls from a bunch of three-yard Joe Mixon catches. I hate to tell you. Yeah, Tuesday, I'm looking at just firing half my multi-entry as Mahomes and half as um, Trevor Lawrence this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Do you just play DFS with all your uh, favorite best ball, favorite best ball picks every single week? Not, not every week, but I mean, <laughs> Mahomes against the against the against the Bengals. And I think that Trevor Lawrence has the, the Lions this week. So, like. I did Lawrence. I'm the only guy that played Lawrence last week and didn't cash. So, (laughs) yeah, it was a a great, great Sunday. I lost uh, more money than I will care to admit on that Josh Jacobs overtime uh, long touchdown run, winning the uh, afternoon 1500 and uh, dropped to 10th on that or from first to 10th on that 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 one run. So So that was fucking gross. That the fact that fun. you were in first without him at that point is, is I know. remarkable. I know. Yeah, uh, shout out Deon- shout out DeAndre Carter. Uh, and shout out our good friend Gretch for uh, being very smart on uh, DeAndre Carter. couple thought exercises before we get out of here that I want to run by you. Because mm-hmm. some people uh, have some, like they're talking about Olave, who you're seeing. Who you're seeing. There it is. There it is. <laughs> yep, there it is. Uh, it's like my wife is home. Uh, Olave being the optimal, right, seventh to ninth rounder. So that's yep. also where like Jacobs lies. Talked about we haven't talked about DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. but he's he's kind of a two parter. One, the thought experiment I posed on Twitter and and to the Discord was if you could have one hundred percent DeAndre Hopkins right now, and admittedly lower your advance rate, let's just say in BBM, mm-hmm. or only two options, or zero percent DeAndre Hopkins right now, and a high, uh, you know, let's just you're getting a whatever percentage boost to your advance rate. So you're definitely getting more teams through with the non Hopkins teams, but on the other side, you're getting 100% Hopkins. Which would you re- sign yourself up for right now? Like knowing you, you get to know everything that's played out and feel how you feel about Hopkins and everything right now. Uh, I mean, I probably want Hopkins just based off that's of. Just based off of like the upside and what we see that 
a he can still do that people thought he wasn't going to do this year like <laughs> i i know like julio like died and he's terrible now and hopkins is getting up there in age but his hands are just that dude is just he's incredible in, like, that one hand catch like, he had that that one hand catch he had uh sunday was out of this world he wasn't even trying he was trying to set a pick and kyler <laughs> threw it to him and he yeah. just just like a sticks his just like a superpower where he just like spider-man's it and just psh. yeah i think i'd want hopkins i wish i got more hopkins and i wasn't even fading him right like mm-hmm. i liked hopkins i was like and i was yeah seventh eighth round hopkins i know he's gonna miss six games but so what it's the early six games lowers his chance of injury for being there and the in the fantasy playoffs based on less games played early, like let's go, let's take Hopkins. And I should have taken him more to be a perfect week. So they're saying that they think Hopkins is going to be tough to get through. And I'm going to take a look at my Hopkins teams. Yeah. Let me know what your advance rate is. On and that. I'll tell you what it is. If I had two screens, I would share it just so you can <laughs> see it. But I think I'm going to actually be messaging hacker after this to help me out. Um, unless someone in the chat knows something about computer monitors, then reach out to me, please, because I'm crying on the inside. <laughs> uh, I have 11 Hopkins teams and best ball mania, which, you know, shows that I wasn't fading him. I was actively drafting him and I have a mm-hmm. 27% advance rate with them. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, to why does everybody you ever notice this? The people did this to me in the Discord. And yes, if you're listening, I'm giving you shit about it. Because I posed this question. All it was was a theoretical, basically, would you are you willing to sacrifice advance rate mm-hmm. for probably a little bit more? I mean, people are going to say, oh, what about this guy or whatever that was in that range? It's like DeAndre Hopkins, I think, is just going to project better. That He projects like a top five wide receiver every single week. So he projects better. So you're getting more upside and more projection from Deandre Hopkins. And people are like, well, like Cobra Kai's in the, in the chat, like, I love you, buddy. And this is not me shitting on you, but it's like, well, how many teams am I sacrificing? And the people in the chat were like, well, but he went next to Devonta Smith. So like, does this mean I can't get any Devonta Smith? I'm like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Assume, just (laughs) assume that you can also get Devonta Smith on teams, right? You're not going to get zero. Devonta Smith. It's just a thought exercise about advance rates, uh, you know, advance rate versus the ceiling outcome, because I- I'm doing these kinds of things myself. I feel like they do help you think some of these things through, right? How do you like, we can sit here and say, Oh, I'm playing for upside and all that. And then I didn't draft Deandre Hopkins and not because I'm an advance rate bro, but because I thought it, there was some other things, you know, involved in also taking a guaranteed zero for six weeks thought there was a bunch of different variables and now i look back and i'm like if i had it to do over again i would have just been smashing deandre hopkins um and so i I think it's at least an interesting thought experiment to be like pick how many pick how many (laughs) this is good from fox crown yeah it's a it's a good uh uh mental lunch this is a, a lunchtime learning session uh so instead of don't do it at the gym it's not exercise. You, you know what you did though is you you outed all these people as flat exposure bros because you made their head explode that they had to have more than eight percent of one player and they didn't know how to wreck. What do you mean I have to draft all DeAndre Hopkins? I can't draft anyone else around him. You can draft them around a head, idiot. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, try, like, he's gonna fall sometimes. You could yeah. take him early and get Devonta Smith. I'm like, why are you panicking? I'm like, why are we talking about <laughs> why are we talking about Brandon Ayuk in this in this DeAndre Hopkins you know advance yeah. rate conversation? Why are we talking about? Does it really matter if you lost eight teams or you lost six teams? No, it does. It doesn't really matter. I'm just. I, I think it's a. It's kind of a fun. Uh, uh, now I'm <laughs> Fox Crown has me thinking about other words <laughs> than exercise to come up with, but it. <laughs> It, it has me thinking like at this time of the year, I like to think about those kinds of things because, you know, I'm not, I, I would not have drafted hundred percent DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. But when you, when, like when we go back and people are like, how did I miss on Josh Jacobs? Yeah. That doesn't, that honestly, that doesn't mean anything to me, but like thinking through DeAndre Hopkins, I think is, is insightful. At least I'm not even saying you have to learn anything from it, but that, thought exercise sorry fox crown is can be useful to me as opposed to trying to go back and do the revisionist history thing on josh jacobs like josh jacobs it is what it is it happened you know but deandre hopkins is deandre hopkins like he just is who we knew he was you're getting that you just had to sacrifice six weeks was that worth it that's up to you but it's at least good to think about uh shout out to fox crown good friend of mine in real life this was actually his first year playing best ball and he calls me and uh, asks me some questions, and it helps. It helps me think through things because we had that conversation about going back to the basic level. So, trying to talk to somebody that's just coming into it has been. It's always not just helpful to whoever you're talking to. It's helpful to yourself to have those conversations. So, shout out to Definitely. him for that. Um, we might have this conversation about D Hop again next year, but with Alvin Kamara if he gets suspended, mm. right? Yeah. So oh, yeah, because we're gonna—he's definitely gonna have his uh, legal proceedings in the offseason now. It, it's not one for one, just based on like position and team and all that other stuff. But if he gets suspended for six weeks, there's the talk because he's gonna drop. He's—he's he's got six weeks. He's on the Saints. Ninth, tenth round, Alvin Kamara might be fun. I'm not a big Saints fan, and they don't look like they can add much either because they're in cap hell right now. But. um yeah, that might be a fun way to draft Kamara. I mean, I'm down for for that. So, well, I don't that think Kamara. Cobra Kai said Kamara sucks now. Why would I want him next year? I still think that's just a product of the team, more so than a product of Kamara sucking. Yeah, uh, didn't Kamara had like a 40 point week not that yeah. long ago. Um, the yeah. the upside is still there for Kamara for sure. It's just the situation's so terrible. Yep. Jesus. No, I, I do like this Hopkins thought process because we can do it through injury too, right? When we see somebody that's coming back week seven or eight from injury, they're going to be way down and people are going to be even more scared because they were injured. And it's now, do I take like this huge, you know, risk that I'm, but absolute value in a guy going forward. So the yeah, Hopkins because thing he, is he something we're going to be... talk about. He could be good, but the same thing as Hopkins, right? For different reasons, Hopkins mm-hmm. was on the juice. He could be uh, good by the time we now, right? People were drafting Deshaun Watson and and wouldn't draft DeAndre Hopkins, right? Yeah. That's kind of crazy to me. People, people will not draft, I don't know, let's say it's Javante next year, mm-hmm. right? He's going to be like a Dobbins type thing next year. So like he won't be ready, like like full go, week one maybe he isn't all year i have no idea but also maybe by this time next year he's the man we don't know i I have no idea are you willing to make that bet you know that's i think those are the things 
that I think are are the helpful exercises. I, I hate this time of the year because everybody goes back and says, how could you miss? On, you didn't draft Josh Jacobs. How could you miss <laughs> on this? It's like, dude, let, can I line up the evidence and be like, oh, yeah. okay, you, you tell me. There's not to. Yeah, there was there, there and there's also reason to draft him. But I'm saying the revisionist history part is what's not helpful about um, trying to do this analysis. But I think the things like the Hopkins one is like it because it doesn't really have anything to do with DeAndre Hopkins. It just has mm-hmm. to do with this thought experiment of am I willing to give away some teams? Because that's what you're doing. You're good. You, if you drafted 100% DeAndre Hopkins, you would have had teams that probably would have got through if you drafted someone else, but they lost those six weeks. And you lost them and you were like, God damn it. That was a good team. But you're also going to have teams that are juiced up, right? You took him instead of Elijah Moore. Wouldn't you rather have DeAndre Hopkins on all your freaking? My dogs would rather have DeAndre Hopkins than Elijah Moore on all their teams. You know, so it's, it's, it's that, that, you know, analysis that you have to do to figure out which side you want to be on. And without thinking it through, Right, I don't care about going back and saying like, "How much did I project Brandon Bolden for?" Like that doesn't fucking help me. But right. thinking about what do I feel, what, you know, what, what do I feel about this advance rate conversation is is a good one. But it's also you have to be able to go back and have honest conversations with yourself, because a lot of people can't do that. Um, they'll go back and they'll look at everything they did right. They'll ignore what they did wrong. And they'll continue down that path. So for every Josh Jacobs you either got right or wrong, you have to have the the correct conversation with yourself on why you did or didn't do it. Does it make sense? Is there reasons you should look at it and change your perspective a bit for certain players going forward? And I don't think you have to with Josh Jacobs specifically. We outlaid all the red flags for him. So I don't think he's one that you have to worry about. He just hit. It's fine. It's It's absolutely fine. The Hopkins one, I mean, I was fine with Hopkins. It's not like I was taking him every time in the seventh round or whatever. You weren't taking him. It's a learn. It's going to be a learning spot for for one of us. Another good one, Chris Godwin. Godwin I, was, the, I liked Godwin this year. I don't, I have some, and that, this is another thing. Is like I was willing to mix in some Godwin. I don't have a ton of Godwin. That was a little more of a Bucks. You know, I was I got down on the Bucks, uh, especially late in the the draft cycle. I I was not very high on the Bucks, which I feel good about. But them being so bad and not being able to throw the ball down the field is just turning into Chris Godwin uh, being a smash now. And so it's like kind of counterintuitive, but it's it's working out for for Godwin drafters. But it's the same thing. I was willing to five Godwin lineups. I was willing to dip my toes into Chris Godwin, but I wasn't doing it for DeAndre Hopkins. And realistically, they weren't that different. Godwin was actually a little more expensive, although he was, you know, not guaranteed to miss any games. But right. you you expected a slow start. So why would I be willing to dip my toes into Godwin and not Hopkins? Yeah, I mean, I was in on Godwin, but this is one of those scenarios where we can say we were both sort of right and wrong about certain things. Because I was in on Godwin because I thought that the Bucs would be fine on offense. I wasn't projecting them to be, you know, an elite, elite offense. But I thought Godwin Evans were going to be fine. I thought Brady, I mean, Brady still looks fine. That team just around him looks yeah. like it's, they're and terrible. They, lost Wirfs. they just lost Tristan Wirfs yeah, this week. So it's going to be bad moving forward. The team itself is in shambles, but that does, that helps Godwin because Brady's just chucking it out to him like on 
three yard outs and stuff like that and just seeing what they can do with it. But I liked Godwin to begin with because I just I believed in the player. I believed in the offense. You didn't believe in the offense. You were right about that. I was wrong about the offense, but I'm still getting there just based on talent. And right. He's maybe, just awesome. He's so good. Maybe you should have been looking at his talent a little more, and maybe I should have been a little more scared about their offense, right? So these yep. are like lessons we can learn going forward um, from each other, I would say. And the same thing, the same thing as we talked about with Jacobs, the same thing as the thought experiment with DeAndre Hopkins, it really doesn't have anything to do with Chris Godwin. Like if you remove that name and you just put that his profile up there as well as the Bucks profile, you could have said, Okay, there's a lot of things to be worried about with the Bucks, but I still want to sprinkle this guy in because he's awesome. I could have said that same thing. I'm very confident that the Bucks are maybe not as good as everybody's projecting them to be, but that doesn't mean I have to get away from this superstar, mm-hmm. right? Because he's still a superstar. It's not like they're literally – it's Tom Brady. They're not going to throw for zero yards. And if they're really that bad, we're seeing what happens when that could be. So it's, a, it's that balancing act. Um, the one other thing I wanted to uh, bring up, Godwin, Nuke, these, are, these guys are good. Um, examples, but like we've talked about Josh Jacobs a ton. We talked about Travis Kelsey, Tyreek, AJ Brown, those guys that are, uh, I, I think Mahomes will be up there. Th- those guys that are going to be Ramondre and Ken Walker are definitely going to be high advanced rate players, right? They've just really crushed the whole, the whole season, whether it's crushed totally or crushed their, their ADP. We know those guys are going to be high advanced rate players, but who is a guy like, off the just off the top of your head really is totally fine that maybe isn't that high advance rate player but that if you could pick him to be on a, a best ball team you're look right that leverage thing like we talked about before who's the player i want on any team that i see that like projects awesome moving forward or you're just excited for moving forward that's not necessarily the the stone chalk right that everybody else is going to have oh that's a good question i wish you had prepped me for this you would think so. I guess for me, it is Chase, right? Like, mm, just in yeah, general, it's got to be Chase based on the way I drafted him. I mean, this is a personal selection. The way I drafted him, his his advance rate, I'm guessing, is going to be below the field. And I just still in a one v one. I still I think Justin Jefferson's the best wide receiver in the league. I do. Like, I can admit that, but I can admit. I can admit in a 1v1 on a one-week basis that I'd rather have the lower-owned guy, and the lower-owned guy is probably going to be Jamar Chase. So he And I think his ceiling is slightly higher than Jefferson's, personally. that's That would be my answer. I think Because I think it has to be an early guy, right? Like it has to be a first or second rounder for great, this question. Great follow-up to that that I forgot I forgot to pull up, Chase. We were going to go through the early round guys earlier. Mm-hmm. So I have 20 Cooper Cup teams, and I'm advancing 15% of them. I have 14 Justin Jefferson teams. I'm advancing 22% of them or something like that. So again, this is just my team. It's just my subset of 150, so it's not the end-all, be-all. But you can see, even though Cooper Cup is hurt, Jamar Chase being hurt, I'm, I'm, I'm barely advancing any. Right. Yeah. Uh, one Jamar, one Jamar Chase team. And so I think you're right. I think that, you know, even Cooper Cup teams are going to get through more because he just was such a smash for those whatever nine weeks that he played. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chase is going to end up playing kind of the same amount of weeks. Jefferson obviously is going to be higher. Kelsey's going to be higher. Diggs is going to be higher. Yep. Devontae is going to be higher. 
Eckler's going to be higher. I don't know about JT. Definitely not Najee. Derrick Henry's going to be higher, right? So Chase is going to be definitely in the bottom three of that first round advance rate. And he has, I mean, he was the guy you had to have last year as a rookie. Why well, he of course can do, he can of course can be the guy you want to have over those other guys. So I this like this actually that. lines up perfectly with what I was talking about earlier because you had 17 chase teams and they were like 5.88% advance rate or something like yeah. that. Yep. I have 29 chase teams and they're at 6.9% advance rate, but I have 17%, a little over 17% within 20 points. Yeah. And so I have a late oh, push not, no chase. more. Yeah. Right. So my, my chase advance rate, like, and you are overdrafting chase. So correct. I'm overweight on chase, not like over, a ton, but I'm, but, but I'm still over, but you are, and not everyone's going to be overweight on him. So if I'm getting, let's say I get 13, 14% chase through, I'm fucking stoked, right? Like I am, I'm wheels up. Cause what's your Jefferson advance rate again? Like 21. I'll pull it up. Um, Jefferson. Yeah, 21. Yeah. So that, that like, that brings up my, and within and twenty eight percent within twenty points. So like right, this so is, it's not even close. He's lapping Jamar Chase. Right. So this is my, this is my point that I was making with with Chase on this. Like if you get Chase through, you might be in a really really good spot on those Chase. I mean, it's the team around it too. But if you're getting a Chase team through, the team around is probably pretty good in theory because they have uh, to carry him. A hundred percent. Right. So a hundred percent. I'm I'm excited about the chase teams that I get through going forward. I'm gonna hit some of these. Al says Pollard. I wanted to look because I actually think Pollard is gonna be not like super chalky, but I mean these are just my teams. Obviously, I have 22 Pollard teams in BBM. 27 percent of them are advancing, and almost 41 are right there. <laughs> so like he's also surging. I, I think he could end up being real like, chalky. Not, I think yeah. he could be. I think he could be pretty popular. It's just that tier, like at hero and zero RB teams that dip their toes into that whole range. That whole that range, Pollard, Jacobs, Walker, Ramondre, is just like the the nuts. So like all those guys, I think are going to have quite a bit of of ownership. Pollard less, Pollard less than those other guys, but. I don't think it's – I think you're not going to be the only guy showing up to your first-round playoff matchup with Tony Pollard is what no. I'm saying. That's for You probably will be with Jamar Chase, you know, or maybe one other guy. But, like, mm-hmm. Pollard could be, like, what is it, 12-man groups in the first round or whatever. You, you, Pollard could be 50% in there, and I would not be that surprised. So this is the most hilarious advance rate things I've seen with a player is my Tony Pollard one. I only drafted him seven times in BBM. I wasn't like high on him in that spot, which, you know, a thing to go back and look at in the future. Um, I have a 71% advance rate with him, but but those four teams that are advancing, listen to the points ahead on them. 198, 188, 162, and 117. So those four are definitely advancing. There's no way they don't. The other ones are one of them has like a, a slight outside shot. The other two are dead. But when they're advancing, they're freaking advancing. So 
Pollard is going to probably be relatively chalky. I know it's a small sample size, but I think it between the two of ours, it kind of shows that Pollard is going to be a high advance rate guy for sure. I mean, he's, yep. he smashed those three or four weeks or whatever, like unlike a lot of other players. Definitely. Um, so hitting these, David says Garrett Wilson. I think he might end up a little popular, a little, you know, high uh, ownership too. Did you draft a lot of Garrett Wilson? Because I think uh, I did. We can we can look and see. I hate these moments where I don't know how much I drafted of the player. Oh my god, I didn't realize and how I, much I drafted of him. And I don't know how much is uh, okay. Okay, I'm okay with this. Only 13% advancing, but uh, 15 teams. I'm cool with 15 teams. Um, I have 39. Holy fuck, Garrett Wilson. I have a 20% advance rate with 36% within 20 points of advancing. Okay, how the hell is this team not advanced? How the see this is this is some bullshit. The run <laughs> the the run bad on on the teams right. So I'm advancing thirteen percent, which is yeah. more than one team, right? But you look at it's sort. This is sorted by total points. My highest scoring team is advancing by forty four, but which uh, sadly is a Javante team. Goddamn, Mahomes, CMC, Javante, Miles, AJ Brown. That could have been fun. Um, you see my next three highest scoring teams. None of them are advancing. <laughs> None of those are advancing. I got to get down here to my fifth highest scoring Garrett Wilson team to find the other uh, advancing team, which is interestingly uh, CMC, Aaron Jones, Lenny. That's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Olave, cool. London, Wilson. Oh God, the tight ends always the fucking, once you, I would get scared to scroll down to the tight end portion. Cause you're like, please Kelsey, Andrews, like, and Joku, like that. There's a very short list of guys you want to see on that tight end list. But um, yeah, so advancing to Garrett Wilson team. So maybe he's a better answer than than I than I thought. This is a fascinating one. I'm just worried he's not going to get ramped up enough. But I could be wrong. If he comes back this week, and it gives him a few weeks to get ramped up uh, for the playoffs, I think Jamison Williams is who David says could be a good one. Um, I also think Rashad is probably Rashad White. Charles says got a lot of Rashad White advancing right now, hoping he keeps the job. You and me both, brother. I need let my running back uh, exposure needs Rashad White to continue to be a thing. Jeff also is on Rashad White. Uh, Alex oh. says Andrews going back to Andrews. What do you think, Andrew? You know, we remember remember we probably did a show and the whole world was you know, creaming themselves over Mark Andrews after the first month or, or month and a half that has gone away. Remember everybody was like, Oh, you idiots drafted Kyle Pitts over Mark Andrews. Andrews hasn't done shit in forever. What do you think his uh, advance rate is going to be? Um, there's so many good second rounders that it's hard for him to be a high advanced rate guy is what I would say. But the flip side even with is tight end. Sorry. I just have to add on to this. Even with tight end, you know, the tight end thing, would you rather have Andrews, Tyreek, or AJ Brown? I mean, I still want Tyreek, I guess, out of the out of the three of those guys, because Tyreek's ceiling is best player in the world, like on any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, and mm-hmm. we've seen that it's continuing in Miami, so I think I would rather have Tyreek. Andrews, I just looked at mine. I only drafted four Andrews teams in BBM. Only one uh, is advancing right now. It's close. It's close for me. I just I liked a lot of the second round guys. 
funny enough, this is three, one of the zero. Wilson teams that I was looking at too. Zero, three of them and zero are advancing. There, two of them are not dead though. They're yeah, alive. Those, those look live. Najee, oh. that one's dead. Najee's on it. <laughs> yeah. But JT, CH uh, is dead, but man, that, that's not bad. RIP to Felix. He's yes. he's got to be real down bad now. Real down bad. If this injury is serious to Najee, uh, really, really down bad. Hate um, to see it happen to a millionaire. Yeah, I know. Really, the, if there's one guy that needed the money, you know, it was... <laughs> It was Felix. It was it was Felix. All he right, told us so he's retiring I, when he's like twelve years yeah, old or something yeah, like that yeah. last week. He's like, Yeah, you know, I think I'm gonna retire in three years. <laughs> like, fuck you, dude. We're the same age. We literally went to high school together. Like I, I'm not interested in hearing about your thirty seven year old retirement plans. And then I'm definitely not interested in hearing about woe is me on Najee on Najee Harris. He won a million dollars. Like, fuck off. I literally wanted to just stand up and go throw myself in the trash when he said he was retiring in three years. I was just going to be streaming best ball drafts when I'm 40. This dude's going to be on a beach somewhere. <laughs> Must Alex be says, nice. So, so this was one of the guys that I was going to bring up. Alex says uh, Mike Williams. Um, I think Mike Williams is a guy who would have had like a reasonable advance rate. Again, yeah. in that tier in the A.J. Brown, Tyreek stuff. And uh, and Mark Andrews, he's one of the few guys that I think was kind of a, a hit right there. But obviously, you know, this injury is going to tank absolutely tank that. So you see, I have 27 Mike Williams teams, only 11% are advancing. But I mean, my God, this is a huge discrepancy. 26% are within 20 points of advancing. So if he, if he can come back, that would be really swell. So I could get some of these teams through. That would be nice. But he, I think he's he's that kind of archetype of a guy that you want to get through, you know, be the only team with Mike Williams in uh, your group in the playoffs or whatever. He, you know, he's the uh, very much a Kmart version of your Jamar chase thesis, right. right. You know, Absolutely. on a great offense, high upside wide receiver uh, and low ownership. Gabe, Gabe might even be that way. I mean, a little Gabe's bit further down. Oh God. Uh, I forgot F- Felix did. I have, to, I have to oblige uh, Felix. Cause he said, he asked me about my Gabe advance rate earlier and I didn't pull it up. So look, yeah, six. So I have sixty Gabe teams. He's my highest owned player. Fifteen percent advancing with twenty three percent within twenty points. He's definitely on that list for yep. me, for sure. Like the teams that are advancing with Gabe, um, I'm very, very much excited for it because you know you just the, just the hundred yard two touchdown game is always there for him. Same thing. I think it's these those wide receivers are the guys. Chase, but I, I think we know Gabe, that Mike Williams. Yeah, with Mike Williams and Gabe Davis and those type of players. We know that, well, you should know. Maybe you don't understand it, but when you draft those guys, your advance rate with those guys are probably going to be lower. It is about the type of player they are. When you get them through, the damage that they can do is just like, like those are guys that you're like, fuck, I didn't have Gabe Davis this week. You know, like. Yes. And you're dead because you didn't have Gabe Davis. So you know that Mike Williams is the same way. Like you just have to understand when you're drafting those guys, you're already giving that team that you're drafting a higher risk tolerance. Right. So, yep. but you have to be willing to take those guys and people aren't. And that's, that's why they lose or they, or they, you know, min cash for the entire year. It's like, Oh, I made, you know, 
I made a 5% ROI on what I did. I didn't draft Gabe Davis though, or Mike Williams. And if I did, maybe I would have been a higher one, or maybe you would have been lower, but you would have had a chance at winning. Yeah. You would have had a chance at winning. Right. Exactly. Um, only, only final honorable mention I'm going to put out there, which I'm playing to my, uh, uh, co-host is literally every chiefs wide receiver. Yep. So you can have them with Mahomes and Kelsey, mm-hmm. of course, but like you could also have them as leverage off of Kelsey, you know, and they're all cheap. They were all cheap. Juju's working his way back. So he's not going to be, and he hasn't been great. He's had a couple good weeks, but he's not going to be a, a high uh, ownership player in the playoffs. And then you have MVS who, you know, has only quasi popped off a couple of weeks we haven't quite got the full MVS experience, but he's still out there getting his cardio in, you know, every Sunday. so much cardio <laughs> every, as long as he's dude, there's a chip in a chair. As long as he's out there playing, that's all, it's all that matters. That's the whole thesis behind him is, you know, it hasn't worked out perfect for, you know, you didn't get the upside case, but you haven't got the, the floor was he lost his job <laughs> and yeah. they traded for Kadarius Tony, who I know was hurt, has been hurt, but, he could have lost this job. Yeah. They got four other wide receivers, you know, and he hasn't. And so uh, MVS would be a Juju MVS. Even sky is not quite getting there in terms of the route participation, but he's earning targets when he's out there now. Uh, and he's going to be, ain't nobody having sky in, in your group. Cause he has literally done absolutely nothing all season. And then the other two, the, the two gadget boys, if Tony can get back, and Hardman, if Hardman yep. can get back, that any one of those guys can have the week from a late round wide receiver or Juju, a mid round wide receiver that, you know, 102 at any point in time. So I think, and, and the, the Kelsey leverage, I don't think can be like totally undersold. Like if you have a Mahomes MVS Hardman stack or whatever, and Hardman comes back and Mahomes is the QB you need. But Kelsey just goes like six for seventy, and all the touchdowns go everywhere else. I mean, go count, go go get ready to go to the bank like that. That's the dream, you know what I mean? And so I think the Chiefs wide receivers, but it's a collective. Like I, I don't know which one. I God, Mahomes doesn't know which one. I certainly don't know which one. Do I tell the chat how many MVS teams I have in Best Ball Mania? Yeah, please. I've already forgot how many it is. I just know it's an exorbitant amount. It is seventy-seven. <laughs> my advanced rate is 20% with them with 31%, 31% within advancing. That's so nice. MVS is the guy you need. Um, Fuck. Okay. I hope it's not MVS now. Cause I won't beat you. You're going to have more. <laughs> Do we want to know the Mahomes stack lineups with MVS? Yeah. Mahomes and MVS 39 with 30% of those advancing and 41% within 20 points, 41 within 20. That's nice. That's really nice. Your boy is going to make some money if MVS is the guy you need in any of these weeks. The really, the other reason that I'm glad you said that, that I uh, brought them up was uh, if anyone doesn't know the chiefs schedule in the playoffs, uh, go take a look because you don't want to be fading these dudes when they play the freaking Texans, the Seahawks and the Broncos <laughs> who may be loud quitting by the time we get to week, week, week 17, the defensive players are trying to beat the shit out of Russell Wilson <laughs> on the sideline. 
<laughs> so what do you think Mahomes is going to do to these guys <laughs> in week 17? Like he gets the Texans, the Seahawks, at home, and, 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 and at home, the Broncos, who are going to be so far out of it that they don't care. Oh, he, it's it's it, He's going to crush. Like the Chiefs are going to crush the fantasy playoffs. I'm getting excited in the pants just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, and that's time for us to move before Rob's uh, d- uh, desk <laughs> lifts starts, up. Starts starts lifting up. Uh, any anything else though uh, that you wanted to hit on before we get on? Yeah, I wanted to ask you. We started Scott Fishbowl playoffs this week, mm. and I was just curious how. I think you advanced, right? I think I looked down I did. And, and I saw you look down. Um, Fuck off. I mean, some of us are in 43rd overall right now. Yeah, I got like 600th or whatever. Yeah, my team. And I used none of my fab dollars the entire offseason. Oh, I used my fab. I picked up uh, Ellinger when he went down. That went well. Good. Uh, but, I mean, I have I have Lamar and Kyler, <laughs> so I've literally started them every single week. So yeah. it doesn't it doesn't really matter. My team's, my team's actually pretty good. Kittle at tight end. My only tight end has been hit or miss, but obviously went zero RB. Ramondre's been awesome. Um, I'm trying to think. Got a pretty good. I have a pretty good team. I'm, you know, it's not amazing. Lamar and Kyler haven't worked out perfectly, but I have, I have a pretty good team. AJ Brown, Diggs, Gabe, um, decent, decent team. I can, I can, I can do some damage. I think. Um, my team is a lot of fun. I was trying to pull it up on the spike. Oh, week, I picked up Mike so... White. I picked up Mike White uh, this week. So uh, when, when I get the Kyler bye week, I get to enjoy the Mike White experience that apparently is very fun based on based on uh what we saw two days ago my uh my team's pretty fun as well it's kyler and trevor lawrence for my quarterbacks Mm. and my running backs are mccaffrey ramondre basically is who i start for my two then my wideouts are aj brown stefan diggs chris godwin deandre hopkins christian kirk Cortland sutton then I got like MVS if I want them, and then Higby and Hawkinson for tight ends. It's like yeah, gym. your wide receivers are silly. Like, I thought silly. Mine were pretty. I thought my I thought mine went pretty good. So you see here, Lamar, Kyler. I picked up good old Bryce Perkins. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just for fun. Uh, Mike White, Eno. So Eno moving, Eno leaving kind of hurt me. But Foreman, Michael Carter, Foreman. <sighs> Fucking Melvin. I have so much Melvin. What a disaster. Hilliard. He's on the Madison. Chiefs now. McKinnon. Yeah, yeah. You know, we haven't lost our week 17 correlation, at least with Melvin. Uh, uh, unless he was your bring back. Now it's just an onslaught. Uh, uh, but Ramondre P. Ryan has been helpful. P. Ryan has been very, very helpful. And then A.J. Brown, Hollywood, DeAndre Carter, uh, who I did pick up DeAndre Carter, Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, Elijah Moore, Devonta Smith, George Kittle and good old James Mitchell. Yeah. From the Lions. So pretty, pretty, pretty good team. Yeah, I'm hoping we uh, both get through to the to the end on this. That would be a lot of fun. Definitely. Good for the brand that we can win a season-long fantasy football yes. league and not a best ball one. Yeah, exactly. Like, Imagine oh, if we oh, come in first and second. <laughs> well, I was grinding the waivers. See, you don't understand. Yeah. What you don't understand is that the most important thing is the in-season aspect of fantasy football. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just, you know, we work for a best ball site. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, what I do want to uh, tease really quickly is we're going to have uh, a bunch more shows probably similar to this where we're either uh, celebrating or tilting our faces off with uh, the guys who go off leading up here into the best ball playoffs and then obviously when the best ball playoffs get here it's go time you can come show up share your teams that have advanced right the ones you're most excited about 
the ones we get to week 16 and week 17, the teams that you continue to have advanced. Hopefully Rob and I also have some teams that will advance. We're going to be just talking about this nonstop really for the next, you know, next month or so uh, as we head into the playoffs. Cause if you guys hadn't, we, 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 I think about this too much. We all think about this too much, um, but I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited for it to get yeah. here. So I want to talk to you guys as much as we can about it. Do we, I'm going to throw a show idea at you while we're alive next week. Do we want to do a show together where we look over our lineups that we drafted with another person on stream? So like yeah. if you drafted a team with Karain say, or whoever, just if you drafted a team with someone and they're advancing or relatively close to advancing in that final week, we'll, we'll kind of look over them. Fun fact. I don't know if everyone remembers the big board draft. I did with Karain where I didn't let him draft a wide receiver until like the eighth or ninth round. That team is advancing right now. <laughs> Unbelievable. So uh, we'll maybe we'll be looking at that team next week. Unbelievable. I love it. Um, yeah. We'll get out of here. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. That was a ton of fun conversation. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow and I think Thursday. We'll get you guys a, a, a more firm schedule moving forward. Been trying to finalize that. And uh, of course, Check out the Discord. Final plug for that. Hop in the Discord. We're talking about this stuff literally like 24-7. It's crazy. But uh, Rob and I will see you guys next week. And uh, enjoy uh, your one of the last regular season weeks. See ya. Peace.